Aloha. It's the Emily T. Gale Talk Story Show, and I am delighted to have on the line with me Dr. Frank Sayre and Laura Sayre. Aloha, Frank and Laura. Hey, Emily. How are you? I'm well. And, and, and Frank, I know you both are just it's amazing what you have accomplished over the last year with the Daniel R. Sayre uh, Foundation, and that's what we're going to talk about today. The dinner, the annual dinner, which is is the premier event of the year, I think, on the Big Island for people. But it's a year-round effort that you you make along with the community. You're always so quick to say it's a community effort, and it really is. It's one that you have garnered community effort. But let's talk, if you would, some background about how the Daniel R. Sayre Memorial Foundation came about a tragedy in your life that you have just turned into a blessing for for many others. Okay, I'll take this then. Um, yeah, in uh, August of 1997, our son, Dan, who was 25, was uh, leaving to uh, return to college, and um, he was living in Puaco, working at the... Uh, at the uh, Puna Prince, and he took one last hike by himself to the back of Pololu Valley. You could get back there by then, back then. And um, way, way, way in the back of the valley, there's a beautiful waterfall that comes down a couple little falls. And apparently, he had gone back to one last time before he left and uh, disappeared. And we were trying to find him, and we later got a call from the police department. We put in a missing persons report, and a hiker had found his shoes and backpack at a base of a tree that grows out at about a 70-degree angle from the wall of the valley, and apparently he had crawled out there for an unobstructed view or maybe to take a photo and uh, had fallen. And uh, the police notified us, and the next day we were uh, up there at the trailhead and were guided into the back by uh, Mike Gomes and Harry Wishard. And uh, the police came, and then about 10 a.m., the uh, search and rescue crew from the Waikia department came, and they spent about 10 hours trying to get to him and couldn't do it. Um, and later we found out that they couldn't because the ropes that they had to repel down into the valley were not long enough. And eventually, after a number of attempts with different helicopters and pilots, one of the pilots came in, a guy named David Okita, and surveyed the area from the air and then was able to uh, take two of the firefighters, Clarence Young and James Kuniyoshi, on about a 110-foot cable and dropped down to the bottom of the valley and and dropped them off with a Billy Punet basket and we were standing at about probably the 400, 500 foot level, so we were looking down on all this happening, and it was a very, very dangerous situation because the valley is so narrow and the updrafts from the waterfalls can be rather unpredictable. So Clarence and James hiked down the stream and got to where Dan was and put him in the basket, and they were able to lift him out of the valley, and then David had to come back and get both Clarence and James as well and afterwards we were uh, we found out about the the lack of equipment we also found out that there was no awards program within the fire department to recognize the those who went above and beyond uh, the call of duty and so Laura and I um, met with the department and 
um, Laura being Laura, <laughs> decided, why don't we start one of our own, which we did. And uh, we recognized the men who were involved in that uh, recovery. And then it's uh, we started raising money to purchase the equipment and so and training that the county's budget couldn't provide. So that's where we are 20 years later. And $1.75 million plus as yeah. well. Yes, that's true, too. And, again, this is the largesse of the people who live here, recognizing that uh, these individuals that work for us to keep us safe need to have the proper equipment uh, to do their jobs efficiently and safety so they can go home to their families every night. Well, I want to talk about, uh, first of all, the, the Daniels uh, Robert Sayre Memorial Foundation Dinner coming up on Saturday, September 2nd. And as, as Laura says, a gala event, we'll talk about that. But what I see in hindsight, and I spent all morning listening to our old interviews, and, and I listened to Sherry Brackens on Lava 105, you know, what she just did a couple of weeks ago with uh, Chief Aaron Rosario and uh, the Civil Beat, Honolulu Civil Beat. What a wonderful story. I just posted on Facebook where you're really able to get in depth. I'm glad you went a little more in depth with the story this morning, Frank, because it's in hindsight that I realized how far what the monies you've been able to raise and, and some of the equipment, and I hope you'll talk about that, how that has contributed. Most recently, for example, the face mask communication thing that you were able to get for the fire department when they're doing cave rescues or? Yes. Yeah. Underwater cave rescues, yeah. So some of the equipment that you, you know, I mean, there's so much, but just rattle off like I've seen you doing some interviews that just reminds all of us that are locals as well where all that equipment's coming from. Well, we've, um, over the past 20 years, we started small. We, the first year that we had the event, we honored the fire department with two sets of rappelling ropes, one for each rescue station, one for the YKS station, which came to our aid, and then for Rescue 7 here in Kailua, because they didn't have rappelling ropes. And um, they were going to have to send to Honolulu to get rappelling ropes to get to Dan had the helicopter uh, rescue not been successful. So we felt that, you know, the least they should have were the two sets of rappelling ropes. And, you know, Frank and I purchased those out of our own pocket the first year for a tune of around a little over $3,000. And last year we raised over $84,000 for equipment and training. Um, so we've certainly come a long way. And um, each year, you know, just seems to show us even more and more um, that it's the tip of the iceberg. You know, we, there's so much more that we need and so much more that we need to do um, as a community group to support our, our um, first responders. And what's nice about what's happening now is that we are able to purchase the equipment exactly the pieces that the fire department wants. Uh, in the past, the, um, there was a pro procurement process whenever they wanted to purchase anything, and so it had to go out for bid for two years. So our first uh, 10 years, we were under the umbrella of the Hawaii Community Foundation, which was amazing. I mean, they taught us everything we needed to know about being a 501c3 and really guided us to being able to stand alone, and we are in incredibly indebted to them but 
they would give a check at the end of the year with all the donations that went in. They would give a check to the fire department, and then the fire department would have to go out for the procurement process for the equipment or the training that they wanted. And it would literally take up to two years for some items. And it wasn't even then always the item that they wanted, but the item that could be procured at the least amount of expense. So um, that wasn't very ideal. And when we were able to become our own standalone foundation um, at the end of 2007, beginning of 2008, we were able to get the information directly from the fire department as to what they needed, and then I could order that for them, avoid the procurement process. They got exactly what they wanted, and they got it within weeks. Of, um, of the event. And so um, that's really expedited everything, um, and it gets the equipment into the hands of the people who need it in, in a very efficient manner. In addition to that, we have been able to kind of go above and beyond their basic needs and get them state-of-the-art technology, state-of-the-art equipment, and state-of-the-art training. Um, rather than just um, having to purchase basic items. We've done that. We've purchased the basic items, too, but now we're at a point where we are replacing some of those basic items with items that have higher technology or safer or more efficient. Um, and so we've, we've come to another level in what the foundation and this community has been able to provide for our first responders. And, of course, all of us are the beneficiaries of that. So um, not just us, but the people who visit here every year are the beneficiaries of that. So we now have uh, long-range communication systems, PA systems on our beaches that we're, we're providing. Um, and the, the ocean safety officers are able to forewarn people in the ocean. Um, there's a heavy set coming in or there's a rip current. Be careful, don't go near the rocks. Uh, there's a shark sighting, whatever. Um, and so if they see people looking like they're getting into danger, they can forewarn them. And it's saving them a lot of time in rescuing people, and it's saving lives. And if there's a heavy set of waves coming in, they're helping to prevent people from breaking their necks or their backs um, by getting shoved into the sand when they're when they're body surfing or boogie boarding, so it's just really increased the the safety to the people who visit the islands and um, and the efficiency with which the the ocean safety officers can do their jobs. Um, the we've gotten grants from Bank of Hawaii to provide us with um, ATVs on the on the beaches. We're still working on getting more. Um, but that helps them, those, uh, those vehicles help them to get to the victims much faster than if they had to run down the long beaches, jump in the water, and then swim out to where the victim was. And um, uh, those along with the PA systems, the new rescue boards we've been able to get them, the automatic defibrillators, uh, the binoculars we've been able to get, the cold weather gear we've been able to get have, has really helped the Ocean Safety Division a lot. And when they came underneath the umbrella of the fire department approximately six years ago from Parks and Recreation, their annual budget for the entire island was $2,200. For everything for a year. Wow, I remember you telling me that, but I had not. Wow, 
Well, you know, one of the, the wonderful things about what is happening is that you're educating all the time. The two of you are learning firsthand. Your, your shows, everything I read this morning and was catching up with the shows and some of the comments that the chief had on Sherry's show this morning, uh, he's talked about the lifeguards and they're the link between the fire department. They're almost like uh, preventive, right? Like he said, they don't have to run down at the end of the beach. They can say to people, move away from those rocks. They're not using bullhorns. All of those in-between links. And the other was when he told the story about this uh, communication equipment. Like you said, you're able to get equipment they need exactly, where the gentleman, the firemen can wear the mask when they go in cave, and they used to have to tug on a rope to, to communicate to the command, how, you know, where they were and what was happening when they were in the cave, and now they can speak voice to the, to the safety boat or to the command center? Yeah, tell them about the oath system, Frank. Oh, man, uh, this is amazing. Um, they, for up until just, I think year before last, when we were able to have the community purchase this for them, um, their communication system, when they would go into an underwater cave, and when they went into this one, it was rather long. It was about 45 feet long, and I think three or four divers went in. Pitch black. Uh, it was so small, they had to take their scuba tanks off uh, and push the tanks in the opening before they could squeeze in. And they had a rope, um, and the rope went all the way up to the lead diver, and the uh, acronym was OATH, O-A-T-H. One tug on the rope by the lead diver or anybody else meant, I'm okay, O. Uh, A was advance the line, two tugs. Uh, three tugs was take in the line, T, and four tugs was H, which was help. And... um you're bouncing around in the dark in this cave with the surge rolling in and rolling out, and you can't tell if that's one tug or two tugs or what what's going on. And so this is uh, a really valid uh, piece of equipment that uh, is able to uh, allow the divers to communicate with one another and to communicate with either someone on a, a boat or on shore, you know, a command center. And so... Um, the community's donations, we were able to purchase one for the Kailua station and one for the YKS station. So we have two sets of these now. And uh, it's um, it's going to take the place of the rope. Yeah, when I read that story, and, and not only that, I've, I've seen it because one of the things you do so well, and let's talk about it, this is the 20th year, the Daniel Roberts Share Memorial Foundation dinner, which used to be like your benchmark, but you're, you're, the community is fundraising in many ways. The Waikiki Ranch has had a fundraiser on your behalf, as you say, Janet, and, and, and Grant from Bike Works through the Cinco de Mayo to raise funds, all kinds of things. But when you do this memorial dinner, it's not just that it's a three ballrooms of the best silent auction <laughs> ever <laughs> and a wonderful dinner. It's really a, a, people that come to this dinner have a passion about the Daniel R. Sarah Foundation. You know, there it's not just coming and patronizing a dinner. It's everybody's in some way, you know, involved. And it's uh, you, you always sell out. What do you have? Like five hundred? I haven't been. I've always been. And we're anticipating but... between five and six hundred this okay. year. We think it's going to be a sold out so, event. And actually, we're very excited because Governor Ige and his wife are coming this year. For the very first time, we are going to have a sitting governor at our event. We've had a lieutenant governor at three separate events, but never the governor. So um, we're we're very excited about this. Well, to me, the highlight is the what program you put together, as Frank says, Laura being Laura, 
um, via the video, the program you put when you're honoring the firemen that go through a process. I guess they're nominated by their captains or the chief and goes, you know, so you really, a lot of thought goes into it. And, but you do videos. I mean, I saw some cave rescues that I would never have any idea what was involved. And so you're really educating at the same time. People are kind of on the edge of their seats on a few of those videos that you oh, saw. Oh, man, yeah. The, and, and the ones that we're having this year are probably the most hair-raising and heroic of any that we have had in the past. And, I mean, every one of the five rescues is just, I mean, amazing. So, And the person who is really responsible for helping us with this is um, is Jeff Liu. He is a retired um, rescue specialist from the fire department. And Jeff was actually at, the, um, at, at, at Polo with us the day that they were trying to rescue and ended up recovering Danny. He was there, and uh, he is a, a photographer, and he actually took a picture of the rescue and gave it to us um, afterwards. But he's been involved with our foundation from day one and was the one who told us that he didn't know if we knew it or not, but after they called the the mission off after they were there for 10 hours, or actually nine hours, um, they had called the mission off and had told us that we should probably leave, and we had made the decision that we weren't going to leave. And um, and that's when they found out David Okita was on his way to come in. And, I mean, we didn't realize this, but at that point, the mission had been called off, their day was done, yet every man on that rescue team volunteered to stay. Every one of them volunteered to stay. And the ones who risked their lives volunteered to stay. And, you know, all that information came from, from Jeff, who was part of that rescue team. They they didn't know who we were. They didn't know Dan. Um, and yet they had this amazing human compassion to help us, not to leave us there with, what could potentially be our son dying in the bottom of that valley because nobody knew at that point if he were was alive or dead. And yeah. they all volunteered to stay. So you can't ever thank people enough for doing that. So Jeff has been a part of our organization from day one. And because he's this amazing videographer and photographer, has his own website, um, he has volunteered for our um, foundation every year to help us. And he has been doing videos of the events. He talks to the people from the fire department who were involved, who are being honored, about their role in the events that they're being honored for. And then, if he can, he talks to the victims of the event and gets their side of the story and what was happening with them and what got them into the trouble they got into. And so it's really just riveting. Uh, when you're sitting there and you're hearing these stories because, you know, it could happen to anybody. And you're hearing these stories from both sides of, of the fence about how this all came about. And so he has done a spectacular job again this year. And as I said, we've got five rescues that we are honoring this year that are just unbelievably amazing. And um, and what happens after the event is we also post these YouTube videos 
onto our website so people can go to the YouTube videos and actually visit the website and, and see what the videos were about. And in many occasions, we've been told by the narrators, who are often captains of the, of the teams that are going in to do the rescues, that all of the equipment that were used on the rescues were from the SER Foundation. And that means that they were from the community. The community efforts through our foundation has provided the rescue teams with all the equipment they needed to do that particular rescue. And, you know, that that to me is just, that is community at its very best. And, and as you said, Frank and I say over and over again, well, it's, we founded the foundation. We would not have been as successful with this effort had it not been for this amazing community. People have been so unbelievably generous over the last 20 years with their financial donations and their silent auctions, and they're coming to the event and bidding on the items that the, the fire department needs each year that will not be funded by the, the Hawaii County budget because there is no money there uh, for these items or for these particular types of training. Um, if it wasn't for the community, this wouldn't be happening. So it's just, it's an amazing public foundation founded for the public and founded for the fire department. When we purchase these, when we're able to get the funding and we're able to purchase these items and these training sessions for the fire department, the Hawaii County Council accepts these gifts and therefore uh, becomes county property, and also the county accepts liability. So it's our, com our community, our county community, getting together to gift to our county for our first responders. And, um, you know, the, the people who are out there doing these jobs for us day in and day out, helping to start hearts back up again when they've stopped, helping to people out of the ocean when they're drowning, helping to stabilize people who have broken necks, helping to go down into the valleys and rescue people who have gone off the edge with cars, um, who are in the in automobile wrecks and are having to be taken out by the jaws of life, who are being stabilized by equipment that the foundation purchased for them or having their automatic defibrillators that the community purchased start hearts back up again, who are being saved by the megaphones, et cetera, and the rescue boards that go out. This is our community at its finest. And it's not and just our community. It's the the visitors who come here that get into trouble. And that's Laura Mallory Share we're speaking with and Dr. Frank Share about the Daniel Share Foundation and what's coming up is their annual dinner. But I could rattle off just as many things as, as Laura is because as a member of our, our community, I see it all. I mean, uh, like Mitsubishi Electric Championship and Hualalai raised money, and you were able to put that towards refurbishing the rescue boat. How about oh, every the year they commit, uh, they commit to money, yeah. It's, it's and all the crap, cool. the Iron Man truck, right? It's, uh, so for the, yeah, uh, the uh, Iron Man <laughs> donated um, a rescue truck, a fire truck for uh, uh, the volunteer station at Seven Bravo. Um, they had, they're the ones who helped us with the financial support for the underwater communication set. They um, have helped us with uh, ATVs and gators. Um, they helped us with the first long-range communication system up at Hapuna 
for the ocean safety officers. I mean, they helped us purchase swift water training for the fire department, and now the folks that were trained uh, through the swift water training are able to train the others. Uh, so, yes, they have been unbelievably supportive over the years. The PGA has been supportive. Paradise Helicopters gives us funding oh, yeah. here. Um, as part of the, their December sales, they give us a percentage every single year, and it's been increasing every year. I'm and glad you met them because I know them. They're so enthusiastic about that. They feel mm-hmm. so proud. They're wonderful. It makes those efforts, whether it's Janet and Grant from Bike Works or Paradise and Helicopters. Janet and Grant oh. every year. Fantastic. It's wonderful. And so, you know, I want to encourage people to go to Civil Beat or go to my Facebook page and see the Civil Beat story. I posted it this morning. But all these stories, I mean, they're in every community. You know, in Detroit, it was Roger Penske and a group of people that raised the money to buy new police cars and ambulance for Detroit. You know, every community needs this in our little community for you, you to lead the parade in such a grand style in the sense of, everybody doing what they can. I mean, people are really engaged in the Daniels Hair Foundation because we all know that there but to the grace of God go any one of us, including those visitors. I'm wonderful that some mm-hmm. of them come to the dinner and they're so involved and, you know, some of them are rehabbing from, from near drownings they had or, or accidents. Yes, correct. Let's talk about the, um, and also encourage you to listen to uh, the chief was with uh, Frank and Laura on uh, Sherry Bracken's show on Lava 105. She got it up as a podcast. Uh, really interesting to hear his stories weaved into how much, you know, his personal testimonials of how much it's helped. So let's talk about Saturday, September 2nd, coming up. Uh, I mean, your silent auction every year just gets better. The, the things that people have gotten over the years are, are amazing. But it went from a little silent auction to a little, little bigger one. Now it's three ballrooms. But that's people get there really early just to walk around the ballroom and Say hello to everyone and, and make well, their Well, the good. silent auction starts at 4.30, and usually people <laughs> people start showing up as early as 3.30 for their registration. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. We're always taken by surprise every year how early everyone shows up. But that's exactly right. They want to go. They want to walk in and scout out what they want first. <laughs> and um, there are items that are you know they have buy it now prices on them, and if they see something that they just really really want and and uh you know it's it, they they often will buy it at, at right at 4:30 when the silent auction opens up with the buy it now price but we have some items this year that are just unbelievably outstanding we have two christian lassen seascapes that were donated to us by an art patron and we're going to be entering those in the silent auction we also have a self portrait by John uh, John Lennon, that was silk screened by his wife Yoko Ono and signed. That was also mm-hmm. gifted to us by this this art collector, and uh, we have an NFL football helmet that is a Super Bowl MVP helmet that has been signed by all the uh, Super Bowl MVPs. Going back to Bart Starr. Oh wow! 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 Yeah. Wow! Yeah, well, you, you know, you could go on and on. You've had trips to St. Andrews, the things that people have gotten, and and you're so organized. That's what I love about it. How how the details. Having been an event organizer, you know, you're always looking at behind the scenes. And I encourage everybody to look at behind the scenes of the Daniel Sarah Foundation Memorial Dinner because the community. I mean, you've got people that have been with you for years that take certain areas like silent auction or registration, and they have such a spirit to to their passion for 
being in charge of those areas. We do have people that have been with us for 20 years. Brian Caldwell um, was the rescue captain down at uh, Rescue 7 here in Kailua who actually helped us get the foundation started and had us meet with the fire chiefs when we had the the vision of what we wanted to do. And his wife, Sandy, is uh, has been with us from day one. And she's a bookkeeper and an accountant. And an extraordinary organizer and she is just the whole uh ball and ball and chain and the whole the whole nine yards for the the event she puts she helps us put it all together she runs it just absolutely impeccably with registration and Liz Gregg uh, helps with silent auction you know Frank and and Juliet Nacino and uh, Tammy Schaefer Walker do a lot with the silent auction acquisition and um, we have you know our um, musician Dennis Pascabillo who's been our musician from day one for 20 years and his wife Janelle who does all of our setup and breakdown chairmanships um, we have, you know, Mike and Carol Lamb from the fire department that help us with registration every year. Gordon Dong from Club Rehab and his wife Kim help us with registration every year. And Kel and Stacy Dorn uh, from Paradise Helicopters helps us help us with registration every year. Kirsten Busey from uh, the what used to be the King Kamehameha uh, Beach Hotel and is now um, a Marriott. She helps us. Ezra Lynch, who's a dentist that works with us, helps us every year with registration. And we have some uh, individuals like Dick and Louise Wagner, who are fire um, volunteers from uh, California, who are there helping us each year. And we have the fire department uh, volunteers, uh, Gerald Kosaki, uh, Chris Delfox, who's the head of ocean safety, Jesse Ebersole, the head of EMS, um, Sean Gallagher, who is just retired from being one of the ocean safety officers, uh, comes and helps us. And we have a new group uh, helping us with setting up the silent auction, Tony White and Kelly Drysdale and um, Stephanie Gwilin. And so we just have these amazing people that pitch in and help us every single year to just have the most amazing event. And the nice thing about it is that they have all this experience from doing it year after year, so they're experts. <laughs> well, it, and, it reflects from the moment. And then we have Malia Bolton, yeah, and Malia Bolton and her family from Kona Coffee and Tea, and yeah. they've been involved since day one too. And and they do a lot of behind the scenes uh, stuff with printing and setting up the the. Um, wish lists for people to fill out and uh, with registration. And they're just, you know, they've been there since the very beginning. So they just, you know, things run a little bit more smoothly every year because we do critiques. The day after the event, we start working on the next year's event. And the and beauty I, of it is there's been at the Fairmont Orchid for so many years. Yeah. And Fairmont Orchid at Montalani Resort who have done – have been such a great partner with you and, you know, putting weekend rates out for everybody, but giving you, I mean, you take over a lot of space because you just keep growing, but it, it flows so beautifully. But what a beautiful setting the Fairmont Orchid is. And they the word that you used in that sentence, too, uh, Emily, was partner, because they more than just uh, provide us a, a venue. They are an actual partner in this with us. Well, it's very yeah, they provide us with a ballroom space, and they provide us with support for our committees. 
um, and we work hand-in-hand with them to put on what you said is the premier event for the island. We, that's, our, that's our ultimate goal is to um, have this be the best uh, event possible that people can attend. And because it is a community effort, we want everyone in the community to, to come to this. And they can do that by going to our website, which is www.danielsarefoundation.net.org.com. And the SARE is S-A-Y-R-E not E-R, so that's how sometimes people get confused about that. So it's Daniel Sayre, S-A-Y-R-E, foundation.org.net.com. And they can register online for the event, and um, they can even support firefighters if they've had a particular situation where they wanted to say thank you to someone. They can sponsor a firefighter, a firefighter's wife or child to come to the dinner, too. So the dinner is, what, $110, is it? It's $110 per person. People can get tables of 10. Uh, they can get wine service if they want that uh, for their table of 10. Uh, they can sponsor a firefighter for $100, and the Fairmont gifts us with two drink tickets per firefighter's ticket if they do that. The firefighters will get two beverages um, to go along with those tickets. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. So it's a wonderful evening, afternoon. The 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 buffet or the dinner is, is is fantastic. Everything about it, but more than anything, it's a wonderful time to get educated uh, about the Daniel Share Foundation, help raise funds because we're. I mean, I'm just. I was always blown away when I have been on the island and not in Detroit at the time of the dinner and sit there and just see how much I'm learning when you the way that you presented this in such a way that. It's so interesting. It's, you're really glad you're there watching it and being a part of the energy and at the same time walking away going, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, Frank, I heard one of your interviews where you said you you know, would drive by a fire station and see people playing volleyball and would never have any idea what was going on behind the scenes. No, yeah. absolutely none. And it still continues to surprise me. Emily. We uh, had a very wonderful donation uh, from a, a private foundation, uh, and it was used to purchase uh, some rescue equipment. And one of the things uh, that was purchased are two of these. They're called Arizona Vortex. They're like a very large uh, steel tripod that have adjustable legs, and they can use these for anchor points to uh, rappel down cliffs and to go across um, ravines and things like that and get people out that maybe went over in a car crash or something like that. And um, each one of these Arizona Vortex uh, tripods uh, is about $5,000. And uh, what they had been using for all these years up until these uh, these steel tripods came on the scene just this year uh, were two uh, lumber 4x4 boards that were put in the shape of like an A and at the top, they were held together with a cargo strap that holds down things in your truck, and then some rope uh, that was used to tie them off to things. And that was the that was the anchor point. And you know, it's always been that way. It's kind of like the rope in the cave for the divers, yeah. you know. And um, it just, you know, the education for us has been <laughs> phenomenal. The learning what what they do with what they have. 
uh, would likely still be that way without the efforts of, as you say, the community and, and, and so many people. I just I want to mention something we haven't talked about, which I thought was, has been really wonderful aspect of, of how you how you are engaging the community is the silent auction and all, year round people can go to you can just Google Daniel Share Foundation because they have it all dot org dot net dot com, but that'll take you to it as well. But people can you specifically mention uh, some of the wants and needs I should say needs <laughs> they put out as wants, but as a fire department and people can can donate for that specific piece of equipment. You really have they a can. sense of for it. So if you could talk just a little bit about that. Yeah, this year we have some major major needs. We we need uh, advanced technology wetsuits, dive boots, dive lights. We need UV protection garments for the ocean safety um, officers as well as for um, the rescue workers that do dives. We need some new rescue boards, um, even the ones that we've bought for them six years ago. Some of them are starting to delaminate, which happens when they're sitting out in the salt water and, and in the, the sun. Um, we need backpacks. We need gear lockers. We need uh, thermal imagers for the pilots. We only have one, uh, and they're they're very pricey. Um, but we do need the thermal imagers for the other pilots uh, because we have several uh, several several choppers. We need GPS units for the rescue uh, workers, and we also need some more of the Arizona Vortex anchors uh, for doing the rope rescue, so they don't have to use the the four by fours. Um, obviously, not nearly as safe safe or as efficient as the Arizona Vortex anchors, which are much lighter and easier to carry into hard-to-reach areas. They're just sped up, too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the boards that have to be put up right now because they don't have enough of the, the uh, Vortex anchors uh, are very heavy to pack in. And uh, so we're hoping to get t at least two more of the Arizona Vortex anchors for them this year. And as Frank said, they're $5,000 a piece or a little bit more, actually. Um, well, hearing about the specific items is really helpful. You can visualize them and how you have it, you know, places. You've got the Facebook page as well that people can go to. Yes. And so we're, you know, last year we helped refurbish the rescue boat, and that was to the tune of $38,000. And hopefully they're going to have that ready for the event uh, so that we can actually bring the boat out to the event and show people what their money went to to help in the house. Really? Wow. Yeah, and the county council actually helped a lot with that. We had yeah. um, 20000 of it we raised last year through the efforts of our foundation, and then the 18000 additional monies came for from the contingency fund of the individuals at the Hawaii County Council, and they were just so unbelievably generous in helping us finish that out. The rescue boat before didn't have a, a cab, and so when they would be going out into these high seas and horrible conditions, which is when they have to go out, uh, the waves would be rushing washing over the top of them and all of their electronic equipment, which put them at risk for getting stranded out there. And so now we have a cab over it. We have uh, protection for the rescue workers and for the electronic equipment. They didn't even have a step up to get in in the boat. They had to crawl up the uh, 
the motors in order to get back into the boat. Now we have a step up. So uh, we've made it a lot safer for them. And um, so that that's a huge effort that we put out last year. We bought more scuba tanks for them last year because the ones that we had bought for them 20 year, or 19 years ago um, were our old. Um, we needed more swift water vests. We needed, you know, more hands-free communication systems for the the jet ski operators, which are called water safety craft. Um, they didn't have any hand-free communication systems that were waterproof. With, and a uh, fire radio in a Ziploc bag. So now they have hand-free communication systems that are waterproof that they can attach to their heads and they can communicate with each other. They can communicate with the stations on land. And uh, one of the big rescues that we are honoring this year involved the water safety craft operators that went after people who were being swept out to sea on a kayak and on a paddleboard and were about to be lost forever. (laughs) And uh, they were going over the horizon. And if it hadn't been for our water safety craft operators, they may not have ever been found. So we are honoring them this year, and it was a rescue instead of a recovery. So we are very, very excited about being able to provide them with this communication system. So um, the community's just done an amazing. And one of the automatic defibrillators that was purchased through the foundation is uh, was used this year in saving a life of a gentleman over at Honolulu Beach. And uh, we're honoring the the ocean safety officer who uh, brought this gentleman back to life uh, when he had no pulse and and had no breathing. And so, um, you know, items that we're we're donating are are making a difference. uh, And um, I think this community just really needs to be proud of their efforts. And we encourage everybody to come. You know, uh, everybody in the community. should come to this event and, and learn about what what the needs are and what's what as you said what educational opportunities there are for us to learn more about our first responders and what we can do as a community to be even more supportive and uh, and to celebrate and to celebrate. Well, you know, it it trickles down even further. I know my good friend Chick Kunataki from uh, Waiaha River Coffee. He he talks about you know the the rescue squad. They live in a place where cars can't get to, right? They're on a coffee yeah. farm. Yeah. He's 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 indicated he he loves donating the coffee to all your honorees. It's a real honor. And for he him. does it every year. He's so amazing. Yeah. Well, he's been a supporter of the Emily T. Gale Talk Story Show and everything. So we like to. I remember getting him involved a number of years ago. He said to me, "Could I donate coffee?" And I said, "Oh, they'd love that." So. Uh, I love that I'll be picking it up next week from him. And, and, but he, he pointed out to me, hey, it's even, even when they came down to pick up my brother to take him to the hospital, they had the, the equipment they need. I mean, it can be the, you just don't think about it. Yeah. So it touches all of us. So as Frank and Laura share, we've been speaking with the Daniel Okay, Sarah, one, one quick thing, Emily, if you could let Chick know that uh, every award winner uh, gets a plaque and a bag of Chick's coffee. Right. I remember last year I got there late or something and put it behind the table. Sure enough, you got it in their packs and some of them came up and said thanks. So he he loves that. I will let him know. Yeah. Thank you. So, to both of you, I'm sorry I'm going to miss it. I'm heading to Detroit. And, Frank, we had that, you know, that connection. I, I, I love telling the story. You were two were my, until recently when you retired, uh, my dentist and hygienist the whole time I've lived in Hawaii since 1980. <laughs> 
and uh, your connection to Detroit, your your grandfather, right? I went down to where your grandfather yeah, lived yeah. in Detroit, down Mac and Montcalm, I think it was, right? And uh-huh. uh, he had his office in the David Whitney building. David Whitney building, yeah. Uh, his dentist office, and that, which is the for years was a vacant. People tried to make it go, and now it's turned into a wonderful hotel. And oh, great! Dentist, yes. And I, if I can just add a little story to this, I was doing a, a piece with Channel Seven WXYZ last summer, and um, with Dave Llewellyn. As we were walking down the street, somebody kind of stood off to the side, and then Dave, the the TV newsman who I've known forever, that's which is why we were doing a piece together said hello to the gentleman and said, hey, David DeRita. And David is the one who's led the refurbishing of the David Whitney building for the senior hotel. And David stepped in and he said, I just had to say hello to Emily. She gave me my first job ever. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. And Dave Llewellyn said, what did she have you doing? He said, she had me scooping ice cream. And he said, what did you learn from her? And he said, she always told us to be kind to people. And he's developed wonderful buildings in Detroit. He developed a building uh, with his group, the Roxbury Group, I think it's called, the old low building at Rivertown, which is now the Outdoor Adventure Center in Detroit, bringing up north downtown. So that's all another story. All right. Detroit Connection, and I love that you take interest in it. And and uh, Laura being Laura, I love watching how the two of you have each taken your role and, and just brought all of us in the community to, to have such a, a uh, what do we want to say? Give want to be supportive of everything you're doing. It's just wonderful. So thanks so thanks, much Emily. for your time. And you're you you are phenomenal too because with all of the support that you have given us with your interviews over the years, you know it's reached so many people and um, has really helped the foundation to become stronger each and every year. And um, you know we're we're so grateful to you and thank you for being on our team always. And for being My so pleasure. loving and so supporting, always, you have made a huge difference. Well, you know, I, I look at things and I've found a style, which is not to go to meetings, not to do this, but behind the scenes, I'm doing it all the time. You know, I love promoting your the Waikiki Ranch barbecue. That was fantastic that they, you know, that's what's so amazing is the people in the community that are saying, we want to do a fundraiser on your behalf because they're so involved now. So. We'll talk about that when I get back and after the dinner, and we'll be looking at all your goals for 2018, and it'll be fun to come up to the house and see you. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to having you come on September 2nd. I'm going to be in Detroit. She's going to be in Detroit. Oh, you'll be in Detroit that Remember, day. Oh. I was always in Detroit that time of year. I, two years yeah. ago, I think uh-huh. I was here. Yeah, I'm going to, for the whole month of uh, uh, September. I was there whole month of June. The same nice things about Detroit movement is, is uh, going well and strong. Uh, Sinola came out with a new watch called the Gale in tribute to the St. Night Oh, Emily, how cool is that? So, so a lot of wonderful things have happened. You know, two generations have gone by, but most of those people that were young people that were part of the St. Night about Detroit movement that we started in the 70s, 80s, one of them is now the mayor of Detroit, one has been the police chief. I mean, they're all over the place remembering, running in the runs, you know, running in the oh, runs. Oh, great. Stadium. So I'm having a wonderful time. And uh, weaving myself back into the city in a really wonderful way. I'm loving it. Yeah. Well, I know that, you know, you are making a huge contribution to people in a really wonderful place that needs a lot of help. 
Well, I felt years ago we were connecting Hawaii and Detroit when Herb and I came to do the first Ironman, and, uh, you know, Jeanette and Rick used to come to our Emily Detroit runs to see how we did things. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of touches of the Ironman that came from the Emily Detroit runs, you know, right down to the, the shirt saying Kakua Crew and everything on them. <laughs> there's a whole lot. So it's uh, I've been weaving the two communities together for many years, but more than ever now it, it, it links beautifully. Oh man, good for you. Yeah. So do your work and get out of the way, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so so wonderful to be part of what you're doing and part of the Big Island of Hawaii community, part of the Detroit community. Life is good, not without its challenges, but it's about how we handle it, make a difference, and it's how you handle the tragedy in the life that has really inspired so many of us. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Emily. Thanks. Really appreciate you. See you when I get back. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody, one last time. That's the Daniel Sarah Foundation Memorial Dinner. It's on Saturday, September 2nd. You can go to net dot org or dot com or just Google Daniel Sarah Foundation. Um, you know, if, if you don't want to, if you can't make it, you can donate something. Uh, you can, uh, sponsor one of the firemen or their wife that want to come to the event and have a dinner and be part of the evening. There's all kinds of things you can do, but check out their website and certainly their Facebook page. And uh, we'll be posting this show as well. The Emily T. Gale Talk Story Show. Aloha.